Hi, this is Billy Sands. When I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast, your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 256. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good, good friend and co-host today, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, brother? It is good to be back with you, Chris. It's been too long, my friend. I know, I know. You've been away. I'm away. It's 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 just star-crossed. Our paths haven't met. <laughs> Got I prevail coming though. That sounds like a good time, right? That that does sound like a very good time. <laughs> We'll talk about that a little, maybe. Uh, in today's show, we got the Riz, as you can tell, joining us. We're going to wrap up the NFL scouting combine for you. We're going to break it down, let you know what happened, and uh, get all the way into the realm of slant. Oh, no, not quite slander. But we'll, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff that went on. <laughs> got a great show lined up. Riz, you ready to go, my man? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Duam! You're so good at that. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis, and Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail, iprevailband.com. Check them out. You can hang out with them. The crew, Riz, has been going off from the Combine in our Slack chat. It is the best, most intelligent Lions chat on the internet, and I don't lie. I don't lie. You might even pick up some housing repair tips along the way. Uh, thanks to... <laughs> Let's go for those. Yes. Um, a lot of great the beer, stuff. The beer channel is also quite informative. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a real good one. It's, it's active. <laughs> There's a couple like of drinkers. Uh, how do you get involved with that? How do you hang out with all the folks? You get to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get up for at least a dollar a month of donation. Sign up. We'll get you into that Slack chat. You get a chance to talk to everybody. Hang out with all the cool guys. And like I said, it's the most intelligent chat on the internet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Join up. And, uh, you know, you support the show and you get a little bit of fun out of it as well. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast, uh, where you get to see Riz's thought pictures. And of course, check us out on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, <laughs> DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see all of us. With no pants. Right. Also on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get all the great stuff there. We'll have this up there shortly. Um, this is going to be audio only on YouTube. Sorry, YouTube friends. Uh, it's a little different. We're on the road to get all this to work. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, wherever you find us. Give us those five-star reviews. Those are forever, and we love them. And if you have constructive feedback, of course, head on over to the subreddit. And uh, there's, a, there's a thread there every week. You can talk it through and let us know what you think. Give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. Right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And boy, it's been a good week. I do. I want to start off with something quick, Riz. Just a quick announcement for everybody. It should have been in the announcements, but I forgot about it. Um, 
St. Jude is coming up. We're going to start it a little later this year just because of all the things going on. But the St. Jude fundraiser is is coming. Uh, I saw Eisen raised over 800 grand. That was That's awesome. What an, what an awesome dude. We mean to top that. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> we did almost 10 grand last year. Would love to break 10 grand this year. So uh, look out for that. We're going to do the, the annual fundraiser. We'll get that started here shortly. And also our draft party is coming up. Don't miss that. Have a lot of fun like we do every year. And uh, we'll have a couple special guests and some other cool stuff like we do all right the nfl scouting combine for 2020 mr jeff risden was there in person and he said it was the best run combine and he was so happy that they timed those things for prime time right riz insert the wrong meme <laughs> oh yeah wait hold on there you go <laughs> actually yeah i should probably just use your favorite They're the bullshit <laughs> that's the good that's my guy right there I'm going to call him Boris, even though I don't know that that's his name. <laughs> Boris, because, my Boris. Uh, I'm going to relabel it Boris, actually. <laughs> it was, uh, so I've been going to him for a long time now. I I think officially this was my eighth or ninth as credential be, and I've been to a few others where I wasn't. I just went down and hung out because it's, it's a three and a half hour drive for me straight down. Um, I literally turned right out of. used to be in style. <laughs> I, I, I turn right out of my like the the subdivision where I live, drive two miles, turn left, and then I drive south 260 miles, and I'm at Lucas Oil Stadium. It's like <laughs> I don't even have to turn. It's a straight shot down US 31. Nice. Um, so it's 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 fun to go down there. It's fun to get caught up. I I enjoy the, um, the player interviews. I enjoy the the coach and GM interviews, uh, but. As far as the workouts go, they are really, really secondary to everybody that's there, uh, and that includes the teams that are watching. Um, and they've, that's never been more clear than it was this year when they moved them to prime time. And after about Wednesday afternoon, which is before the, the workouts on field workouts did not start until Thursday night. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get the corona. Yeah. <laughs> so while he while he uh, he hits that expector, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what he did there. I'm all choked up. Okay. Yeah. So so like by Wednesday afternoon, at least half of the scouts, like the NFL scouts themselves, were gone because there was no real purpose for them to be there anymore. The coaches were still there, right? Um, for for alliance purposes, all the all, I saw every single one of their coaching staff in attendance still on Thursday. I left Friday afternoon uh, shortly after the, the interview sessions wrapped. So that, that was the end for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the change to primetime, nobody liked it. Nobody. The, the agents hated it. The players really hated it because mm-hmm. keep in mind, the players are up in the morning to do the team interviews. So they are up at um, we're on, we're still on Eastern time in Indiana until this weekend when it switches to Central. Um, when we have daylight savings time, they just stay. And I'm, um, and I'm flying back, so I lose another hour before I oh, jump. I can't wait. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Um, so the, the players, a lot of them have interviews in the morning at like 930 with the team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they gotta, they'll do that, and they'll do four to six interviews throughout the day with different teams. So then they got to sit around until nine o'clock at night um, in the wide receivers case, it was nine 45 at night hmm. before they ever got on the field. It can't be, I, I can't imagine that can't be 
good no, for you, right? I mean, your body doesn't like that. Nobody works out. Right, exactly. Uh, you're, you're there to give your peak athletic performance. And, and one of the big complaints in the past has been that they try to cram everything in so much, and then the players are, like, done by, like, 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And they'll have dinner with the team, and then they're, they're on their, their own devices. But they're, like, you know, wasting too much time. Well, now they're wasting time in the middle of the day, which is the worst time. Right, um, right. From a media standpoint, we are in – none of us media are in the drills um, in Lucas Oil Field. Um, they, they don't allow anybody in there. Um, they don't allow agents in there anymore either, which is probably a good thing. No, no friends, family. You cannot watch it. So, Well, it's pretty tight in we, there. I mean, they wouldn't really have room for, for everybody, I guess. <laughs> not, not, not in that cavernous stadium. <laughs> and, by the way, they didn't have the heat on in the stadium Thursday night. Ooh. Ooh. And it was cold. I can tell you it was cold because I walked from a brewery to the downtown area and back to the brewery. Um, and it was, I, I'm pretty sure I got frostbite on my ear. Ugh. It was it was not pleasant. So normally those of us in the media are watching it all together in this giant cavernous media room at the Indiana Convention Center. Um, there is probably, I want to say there was 684 credential media this year. I think I heard that number. Mm-hmm. And we're all in the same room. It's a giant conference room with tables across. There's closed circuit TVs in there. Uh, but because they're running it at night, that's closed off. So we didn't actually get to watch it. Uh, in fact, the hotel that I was staying at did not have the NFL network. So I had to like find a stream for it. Um, I went out to a bar a couple of nights. Me and uh, my roommate, Jared Mueller, from, uh, he's a Browns guy. Uh, we went out and, and watched it a couple times, but it was it was very different, and it was very off-putting, and nobody liked it. Um, players didn't like it. The teams really didn't like it. The agents hated it because it made their guys look bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the, the change to prime time was not well received by anybody in Indy, but they're not going to go back on it because the ratings were boffo, man. They they they, they killed it. They really? they were up. I want to say it was one hundred and forty-five percent. Wow. So, wow. So it, it ain't going away. Um, <laughs> and one, one quick thing before we get into the workouts. Next year will be the last year in Indianapolis for the combine. They're going to move to Los Angeles once that entire complex out there is complete. Interesting. Um, we, heard, we heard that that was, that was a huge thing for Indiana, for local people in Indianapolis. Um, it's, it's somewhat disappointing, but at the same time, the NFL is building a – it's essentially like a Disney resort for football out there. Mm-hmm. And they got hotel rooms. They got conference rooms. They got, you know, meeting rooms. They got to fill that with something. You it's better believe that any event that they can have there that's their own is going to be there. Vertical profit integration. Yeah, I Exactly. <laughs> it's like if, if, if you're Donald Trump and you're having a conference, you have it at a Trump hotel. It's right. the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting, because the last two years, now this year and last, I've been out here in L.A. for the combine. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe next year it'll line <laughs> up again and then I can just drop by after work. Um, there you go. They also have the that that NASCAR race out here this week. So it's big enough here. It's, it's both spacious enough and, and large enough that it'll have the capacity to handle both those things. Fine. So that'd be interesting. That'll be good. So two years. Okay. All right, let's get into the workouts. Um, I think, you know, we're not going to break it down for every player. Let's just talk about um, anybody, big movers or guys who showed up um, up or down movers or guys who showed up and to look for in the, in the top tier of the draft or guys that have moved down that kind of thing. Whereas let's uh, start it was day one was the quarterbacks, wide receivers and tight ends. Think about those guys. Is there anyone that jumped out and, and changed their stock value as a result of the workout? 
workouts in just like the total week in Indy. Um, one of the big winners was Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, he is. He's big. He's he's almost exactly Calvin Johnson dimensions. Actually, mm-hmm. um, very 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 close physically to that. He's like an uh, inch shorter, I think, yeah, and like a pound yeah. off. Like he's like yeah. right right there. And he's got some interesting tape, and I don't mean that derisively. It, it is legitimately interesting. I don't know how well he's going to fit because the speed that he showed there and the agility that he showed there did not show on game tape and did not show. I've seen him in person three times. I didn't think he had that kind of wiggle. But he showed it. Maybe he's been training the right way, and it's going to work out for him. Uh, he's the guy, though, that was probably a – I would say he was in the, like, 90 to 125 range before mm-hmm. Indianapolis, and now he's – probably solidified himself as a day two guy. Mm-hmm. And and again, at that size and the, the way that he moved there, I, I see it. And he he was really good. As high as 41, you think? What's that? As high as 41, you think? Or you think a little later day two? I think it's going to be later than that. I, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> good number, though. <laughs> from our, from our, pre-show, <laughs> from our pre, pre-show chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to spring that on you. <laughs> All of a sudden, people are going to tank it on. Who's like 41? <laughs> that ain't us. Uh, yeah, so um, he did well. Um, I'll say Donovan Peoples-Jones had himself a great weekend, and, and I got to give him credit. Um, I have been dif- difficult on him mm-hmm. as a prospect. Um, I've, I've seen him a lot at Michigan. First off, I, 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 I was in front of him at the interview podium. The guy is a really smart, erudite individual. This is a guy who went to class. You know, he was there. He's a football player, but he was also a college student. It, it definitely shows when you talk to him. That doesn't show off with everybody. It really doesn't show off with the guys that are there from Florida. <laughs> they could have gone to class. I mean, it's Florida after all. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. I'd like to go in there. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and I just ripped C.J. Henderson online, too. <laughs> now, that's interesting about Donovan People Jones, People Jones, because – I'm I'm a, I'm a Michigan guy, right? I, I, right? I like my Michigan football. I like my my Michigan players in college. I don't like them typically in the NFL, and I maybe I'm a extra hard on them in my mind because they are Michigan players. But I, I just you don't. I mean, of course, everyone's points at Tom Brady, but I just don't feel like you see that pop in the NFL level from guys. They get there, they make the NFL, right? And they and, and they get drafted and they play games. They just I, I don't feel like you get that superstar player out of Michigan like you do out of some of these other schools. So it's good to hear of a guy like that. I mean, people don't see it making that kind of a, a step up. And Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a 44.5-inch vertical, which is ridiculous. Wow. He also had a great broad jump. He didn't run as well as he wanted to, but he still ran okay. And, um, again, he, he killed it in the, the media interview. I heard very favorable returns about him, excuse me, in, uh, in team interviews too. So he's a guy – just based on film grade, I had a sixth round to undrafted grade on him. Mm-hmm. I would not be comfortable drafting him because I think one of the things that he stressed was that if they want me to be a punt returner, I'll be a punt returner, you know, Ooh, play special teams. And yeah. uh, that was his best attribute at Michigan was his punt return ability. Right. Why they didn't let him do more of that is one of the reasons why Michigan doesn't win a lot. <laughs> um, it's one of the reasons. Yeah. Yes, one of the reasons. Um, but he, he was he was legitimately good, so he helped himself quite a bit. Uh, i trying to think of any other wide receivers. So the quarterbacks, if you watch the drills, they were dreadful. They were awful. Mm-hmm. Now, 
again, they're throwing to receivers they haven't thrown to before. They're throwing fairly unfamiliar patterns. Um, one of the things that you want to look for is like consistency of footwork, consistency of delivery and of motion, range of motion. You know, are they on their toes? Are they flat-footed? And some of the – like I'll, I'll highlight Anthony Gordon from Washington State as an example. And we saw him at the Senior Bowl, and he wasn't good there either. Right, right. If you watched him in Indianapolis and you saw him um, – he, he's physically slight. He's just not a, a well-built individual. Right. I, I couldn't fathom drafting this guy. It's just <laughs> his footwork was different. His release point was different. And you're in a controlled environment. Um, he bounced a couple of the slant throws to the receivers. The receivers were not happy with, with a lot of the quarterbacks there. Um, again, the wide receivers were so much better than the quarterback. The only quarterback who probably helped himself at all was Justin Herbert, who was really good. Um, I, I'll say this, though. Uh, Kevin Davidson from Princeton got a lot of favorable reviews uh, as well. So he's a guy that maybe something there um, as a late, late round guy. Sure. Uh, I know that he has some fans in the scouting community as well. But it was not great for the quarterbacks. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes beyond that. All right. Let me ask really quick about Denzel Mims. I heard a little buzz oh, around yeah. him. Oh, no, he, he's yeah. A, he's, a, he's a good one because, um, as you know, the Lions liked him, rather liked him in, yeah. in Mobile. Yeah, they did. <laughs> rather liked him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he had a he ran very well for a big dude, and uh, he also talked in his interview about how much he loves to block. And that if you've ever watched wow. Baylor football, you know that wide receivers don't block. He does. Mm-hmm. He has very attention to detail to it. Uh, Matt Rule, who's now the Panthers coach, was his coach at Baylor. And he said very nice things about him. He's like, you know, that that guy, I, I forget the exact word that he used, but it, it's it's essentially that that guy's a dog. And he meant it, you know, in, in the yeah. positive yeah. affirmational message yeah. of dog. Nice, nice. Okay. So so he, he's a guy that you definitely need to keep an eye on if you're a Lions fan in the draft. And he is a solid day two guy now. Again, this wide receiver class is ridiculously good. They, there are, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's going to probably go – I'm going to say he is he's there for the Lions at the top of the third, and they have to at least consider him. Okay, okay, yeah, um, yeah. If if he's not, it's it's not a big deal because there are going to be other wide receivers. Um, one thing, one guy that was disappointing, Van Jefferson did not get to work out. He's got a foot issue. It's going to cost him four to six weeks. It cost him his workout. He was phenomenal at the podium. So was Michael Pittman from USC. He also had a good. He caught the ball really well in drills. That was something that he he was he had a reputation as a bit of a double catcher at, at USC. Didn't see any of that in in the drills. Working with unfamiliar quarterbacks on routes that he hadn't run a lot of. So he's another guy that uh, I tell you what the the thing I loved about him he when when you're after your interview put him you're up there for 15 minutes. Media are coming and going from one to another, mm-hmm. so you get asked the same question several times. One of the stat questions is who do you model your game after. He gave a different answer three different times when he was asked that question. I'm like, wow, this is a guy. He's not pre-programmed. He's up there thinking, right? You know, he, right. He, because a lot of the answers, um, I don't want to highlight anybody out, but if if you <laughs> if you could change anything, you, well, you'd want to figure. <laughs> there were some dudes that you could clearly see. They're like going through like the the matrix in their eyes. Like this is what I need to answer for this question. What what's my canned answer for this one? Right, right, um, right. You, you can tell those guys. Right. Um, he was not one of them, thankfully. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, that's funny. Who was the guy who wanted the um? 
the larger appendage. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. <laughs> that, is, that is not a canned answer. That was Trey Adams from Washington. Yep, yep Trey Adams. Uh, yes, that's right. He, uh, he's an offensive tackle. He can't play a lick, and he's hurt all the time. He's not going to get drafted, but he had the best answer. Yeah, for sure. And, no and it was about it. definitely just Just, just Google him, um, Trey Adams combine interview, and you'll see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was not, obviously not coached in that answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he was so funny. I mean, I love the fact that you look at him, his eyes kind of roll behind his eyelids a little bit as he thinks about it. Well, shit. Then he did it. He pulled the trigger. What a, he will forever be a hero in the annals of combine history. All right. So I, I'm going to, I'm just going to mention to everybody. The reason we're kind of going through this in, in this way is um, I've seen some reports. I was unable to watch the, the combine because both work and then I get to the hotel and there's no, NFL here. I'd pop into the stream when I could, but so this is, I've heard, I've seen reports, a lot of conversation from the Slack and, and, and I'm just popping with the little things, but Riz is the guy who's there and has all our info. So we're just going to keep going like this. Day two, Riz, we had running backs, offensive line and place kickers. I know you spent a lot of time on those place kickers. Um, what, what's <laughs> <laughs> They were there, allegedly, I think. <laughs> so Prater, he's, he's playing for a uh, He's playing for a contract now, huh? <laughs> He's everything's a risk, right? You know, in all seriousness, do keep in mind the Lions do need a punter because Sam Martin is a free agent and he will not be back. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. They probably won't pay that punter money for Sam. That's that's not a, again, that's not official, but plan on the Lions having a different punter than Sam Martin, for better and for worse. Mm, yeah. I, I I think it's I think it's you talk about mutual partings. I think that one would be Sam loves Detroit. I'm not sure that he loves the current Lions regime, and I'm not sure that the current Lions regime or some teammates love him back. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he always has to sit in that folding chair. They don't even let him sit in the bench. The thing <laughs> – the uh, That's true. <laughs> the thing Let, about, let's talk about offensive linemen, though, because the offensive linemen put on a freaking show. Yeah, okay. Makai Becton at 370 pounds running 5.11 seconds in the 40. That's ridiculous. That's ludicrous speed. That, that that's that's dark helmet going hyperspace right there. That's uh, it's unbelievable. Love your reference. Then you get Tristan Wurst from Iowa, and he is at three hundred. Was he three hundred and nine pounds? He ran four seven eight. His agility drills were off the charts. He had um, the best. I'm trying to think of what it was. he had. He had the best vertical. He had a vertical that, at that weight that was better than over half the wide receivers there. Wow. <laughs> He's got to have Which, some powerful ass knees. <laughs> yes. Um, he also broad jumped more than I think every running back but one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just insane athleticism. Um, we knew that he was. We knew that he was. He was one of the Bruce Feldman athletic freaks. Going in theory, he proved it was true. Yeah. Um, and um, he's a guy. He has a wrestling background. He he will be the number ten pick in the draft. Um, if, if he's there and the Browns are picking the 10, put him in there. Um, yeah, but he, he, he stood out. Um, there was, there's a lot of really just amazing performances by offensive linemen. They, they, as a group put on a show, um, I, I'll talk about a guy, Shane Lemieux from Oregon, who's a guy that I really like for the lions in the middle rounds. One of the things that came out, he was a, a all district triple jumper mm. in high school. He's a guard. The athleticism <laughs> that some of these guys have is just, in, it's crazy. 
Um, oh my god! It just you know, it blows my mind. Like how far have we come? Uh, and as far as player athleticism in in just ten years or twenty years, yeah. think think back. Know. You know, I mean, in the nineties when we were watching foot, when they had the big shoulder pads that we laugh so hard about now. We see them. those guys, right? We thought yeah, they were remember pretty... the old Boss Bailey shoulder pads <laughs> were like way the heck up. <laughs> those guys were great athletes of the day, but nothing like this. This is I no. never would have imagined the world would. And that's that is not this. training that you can accomplish in the six to eight weeks between the end of your football season and the combine. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that that's natural. I mean, you got, you got something that they can refine it. Um, the biggest thing that they do in training is teach you proper technique and form specifically on the 40 and your agility drills, but also yeah. you know, like some of the little cheats, like when, when you're getting measured to do your vertical, you, you, you drop your shoulder a little bit and you don't put your hand up like stiff. Um, so you're getting an extra couple of inches when you jump because you're already like softening it a little bit. Right, right. Um, but but everybody sort of assumes those. But the the offensive line class, my goodness, they were they were unbelievably athletic, and it really showed to the guys who weren't. Um, that also was true the defensive line, which we'll get to in a minute too. And one of them um, in specific, we'll probably have to talk about a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of talk there. All right. Any of the running backs yeah. you want to talk about? Is, and then if, if there's anyone of any of those three positions you think uh, took a real header. Zach Moss did not run as well as we hoped speed-wise, but everything else he's good. I will tell you right now, it is my belief that he is the Detroit Lions target if they're going for a running back in this draft. I don't know where. He's probably a fourth or a fifth-round guy. Mm-hmm. I would be absolutely flabbergasted if they took if they even considered taking a running back before that. And um, I, I will stand – People in the Slack know this. I have said for a long time, I do not expect a, a first-round running back. I will be shocked if there's a running back that's off the board before the Lions pick in in the second round. Yeah, um, I was so going to the first two or three picks. There, I was going to bring that up. The, the the supply and demand of running back. There is so much more supply than demand, and like like guys like Jonathan Taylor, he had a good weekend. Um, he he he's probably going to be. Uh, he know what? I, he won't be the first running back. I'm going to guess that that DeAndre Swift is probably the first running back. I'll give you a running back that had had a great weekend. Cam Akers from Florida State, mm. phenomenal workout, and a guy uh, who has some pretty impressive tape to back it up. I hadn't actually seen much of him uh, until we were sitting in the hotel room one night. We're like, I'm like, who's this guy? Because he he did really well that day. Like, well, let's watch a little tape on him. Um, so, so we watched. I think it was like three, two games for sure. We watched Clemson. We watched. Syracuse one year and we watched Pittsburgh. Um, he's legit. He's, he's really good. Um, a guy that if he's there and the, and the Lions are still looking at the running backs in that, you know, day th- early day three range, he's somebody to certainly consider, but I think he probably priced himself out of that. But again, the running back class, you got you guys at the top, DeAndre Swift, um, Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins. It's going to be dealer's choice on that. And, and some teams will have one guy first, another guy fifth. I don't think any of them go in the top 40. Uh, maybe even top fifty. Wow, and that was that was very, very much the reaffirmation that I got in Indianapolis and talking to people from teams to to media to, to scouts. Um, it, there's just not a demand for it at all. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because the running back it, it's it's lost value because it's really come down to how many times they took the ball right because it's it's getting right. pretty well known that basically everyone's got a clock and every carry is winding that clock down. And they're almost, and I hate to say it this way, and, and it might sound flip, but I don't mean it that way. It's almost a throwaway player at that position. You know what I mean? And, and it's the way the NFL has evolved. 
uh, from away from the running back being so important. You know, three running backs in the top ten to maybe not even one in the first round. Right? Yeah. That's yeah crazy. Remember, remember, Ricky Williams got traded for the entire draft and a first round the next year. Yeah. Yeah. That was only that was only twenty years ago. And it's only been what three years or four years since the the Bears did something like that with Trubisky. I now see the fall of the quarterback. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. Could I have Patrick Mahomes remember? Oh my oh, God. God. <laughs> All right. So can I say this now? Yeah. And I did not know this until I was on there. The Chicago media hates Trubisky more than anybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> like, like they feel about him the way that, that certain hosts on 97 one apparently feel about Matthew Stafford, but it's like magnified to a thousand. Did you see the Matthew Stafford news, by the way, that, uh, uh, his back is fine. His back is He's fine. He's expecting child number four, which is a good indication that his back is fine. And they don't want to trade. They shut that, no, that rumor God, no. down. No. But did oh. you notice in that post, Hunty wasn't there? Now the rumor is, and, and, and these streets are telling me, that uh, Hunty wants a trade out of Detroit. Just going to take the whole family with it. Or, wow. Yeah. So be careful. Shocking. We could lose our quarterback that way. So can, can I talk about um, Michael Silver here for a second? The guy who, who stated that falsehood and then turn it around yes go yes uh, because i i got a text from somebody who uh watched stafford's agent tom condon approach mike silver in one of the fine establishments in downtown indianapolis and like browbeat him like like angrily like quit making shit up about my guy uh nice Yes, and uh, I, I also heard that secondhand from another person um, who said that that was like the talk, like like Conan's like enough of your BS, you know. And uh, <laughs> so, so go Silver's going to be up for the Omar Kelly Lifetime Achievement Award in the dumb. So remember this: right? this is the guy who who emphatically stated that Richard Sherman or that Baker Mayfield didn't shake Richard Sherman's hand, even though it was on video that he did. Right. <laughs> Sherman's like, yeah, my bad. And Silver's like, no, they didn't shake. Like the guy, I don't want to dog him because he's, he, I, I have used him on occasion to, to help open doors. He's been nice to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a good mutual friend, but man, he's, he's way off the reservation on this. And it pisses me off that there are people in the Detroit media um, not anybody that I would ever associate with, not anybody that you'd ever hear me talk about, but took him at his word at gospel. Yeah. And then when it came out that he was, did it, didn't say boo. That bugs me and it should bug you too. Absolutely. And that's what these these dummy awards are going to be, the dummies, right? They're the dumb Fs <laughs> yes. of the media. <laughs> the, and they're coming out. We're going to do it probably, you know, June-ish, maybe during the little break. And uh, we have the dummies. And, of course, the, the top award is the Omar Kelly Lifetime Achievement of – dumb effery <laughs> but we it's will be tough yeah yeah i did i did see i did see omar um down there uh didn't talk to him oh, didn't need yeah 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 so anyway that, that'll be coming and we'll give a guy like this a chance because you're absolutely right that the lack of retraction right it's always the headline spill, spill the spill the headline and then walk away from it and act like nothing happened and what do they, they say? To, to Silver's credit, he did. He did it walk back. it back. Absolutely. He, he did. did. Yep. Um, but there were a lot of people who ran with his initial story and never walked it back. Exactly. And that's 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 shameful. If you follow those people, get on them and tell them that it's shameful or stop stop buying, consuming their product. And that's, I think, part of the problem with the news cycle and the way it's set up today. While the, the barrier to entry is really low, and, that, and that's great, so much is generated where people just write stories off of a tweet, 
right? Because you have to get right. stories out and you have to click and sometimes right. things aren't happening. So let me just put something together off of a tweet so I can get my, meet my deadlines for the day. But then that's how you get this kind of garbage out there. And if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you got to die by the sword as well and fall on it when you put out a, a story about a lie and act it as if it was right. true. All right. Um, you know where you're never going to get lied to, Riz? Where? Amazon. And we oh. all shop there. But you're going to do it a little differently now because you want to support the show. Go to amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Yes. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. Right you go, get, get your Prime. Don't forget about your Prime. You get that set up. You can have all those great movies and shows and originals that they create. You can order all your gifts and stuff around the house, all that. Amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com takes you right to the website and they give us a kickback from everything you buy. Keep it out of Bezos, that greedy old bugger's pocket. He, if he's not getting hair plugs with that money, he doesn't deserve any more. So uh, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Help out your good friends at the Detroit Lions Podcast by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right. As Riz gets his shopping done for the day, going to head over to uh, the next position. Defensive line linebackers. This was some interesting stuff out there, and it has generated a ton of conversation in the Slack and all around the Lions media sphere, isn't it? Yes, it has. And it all centers around Derek Brown, who a lot of people think is a candidate for the third overall pick. Um, that's That was probably pushing it even before Indianapolis, honestly. Uh, I think he is one of those players where if, if that mythical white whale of a trade from three down to five or six or seven comes about, he was much more in play then. Right. I'm not sure that's going to be the case anymore. That's what um, I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, he apparently how – how do you say it? Because, I, again, I wasn't there. I'm hearing this secondhand. Let's just say that his interviews were by te- with the teams were not well received. I, I stood in front of his media podium for like 10 minutes. He was fine. He's okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of quiet, kind of unassuming. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sure. Uh, but but his the word was that his team interviews were not what they should have been. And then he went out and had the worst three cone time of any player in Indianapolis in history. When you play three, when you play defensive tackle for the Lions, you're going to be moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to be attacking different gaps. You're going to be holding different gaps. One of the things you have to be able to do is to be quick on your feet. Three cone agility is the epitome of measuring your foot quickness, and he was worse than uh, he's worse than than offensive linemen who weighed you know forty pounds more who were never going to sniff in the NFL. Especially when you watch like like the the Davis brothers from uh, from Nebraska, they are big giant dudes and they moved really well. They're twins. Mm-hmm. Um, Khalil's the better one, by the way. Uh, and, and I don't think either of them is going to be in the Lions uniform either, but you never know. They're, they're day three guys. But Brown just the, – the buzz around him is not in NFL circles what it is in fan circles and specifically Lions fans circles. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a top ten pick after Indy. I really mm-hmm. don't. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you're, you're looking at it and he's going to be up there as Mel Kuyper's best player available for a while. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he's still there at 20, quite honestly. Wow. Kind of like our worry, fell. I mean, he, he was one of those guys that 
why do you fall? Why do you still haven't figured that yeah, one out? I'm yeah, and I, I still haven't heard that either. I know people were talking about in the Slack today. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have never heard. I've never heard a good reason why. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 nuts. Because you look good. I, I just I, I don't think that the NFL is is nearly as interested in him as a lot of people want them to be. Yeah. I I will say that I I absolutely believe Javon Kimmelaw will be drafted before him. Interesting. Okay, there you go. And that's he was he looked great at the Senior Bowl while he was there before he uh he he tapped yeah, out before, before he got hurt. And uh, he, again, he he's still nicked up, um, but he he should be fine at the end. But Kinlaw, he's just there's there's just a presence about him, and you you felt yeah. it. He, he's got that it factor. Yeah. Um, it it was there. Um, I'll, I'll equate it to a guy. This will this will seem like a weird comparison. He's got the same presence to him that J.J. Watt has. People are just like naturally drawn to him. I see that. I see that. I see that. I mean, they're they're different players. They're obviously from from very different backgrounds, but uh, just that you know, J.J. Watt is one of those guys. He's relentlessly pursuing greatness all the time. That's all he's about, especially early in his career. Right. And you get that sense, and that's the reputation that Kinlaw has. So I think he's probably going to be. Again, I don't. I don't think he's a necessarily a very good scheme fit for what the Lions want. I don't think he's going to go three overall, anyways. But um, I, yeah, I. Based on the way that the offensive line performed uh, and some of the receivers performed, I, I, I think you're going to see those defensive linemen bug, bug down a little bit. But let honestly, me, let me bring up another name that a lot, a lot of people have been talking about it with the kind of tumble of Brown here in, in people's uh, draft boards and thinking. Isaiah Simmons, your favorite, has suddenly popped up all over the place, and oh, he had a he had a phenomenal workout, yes, unbelievable. Yes, he did, and there's a lot one, of one on of the form. best ever, unbelievable. Yeah. So where's your head at now, Riz? I know you were like ah, jack of all trades, master of none. Now, well, no, no, it no, out I, pretty good. I, I, mean, I, I he... think the big, as I've said, so so Bryce Rossler and I have had a very extensive conversation in Twitter DMs about this. Um, he'll vouch for that. Hi, Bryce. Um, my comparison for him is he's Brian Urlacher. You want him as your mic in a Tampa 2 defense. He is, mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm. he is absolutely perfect for it. And yeah. like Urlacher, he's a converted safety who moves up because he's simply too big to play safety. Mm-hmm. He is too big to play safety in the NFL, even in a, even in spot duty. One of the issues that you have, and, the, uh, and this this is straight from an NFC South coach that, that we talked to. Um, there were three other people in the conversation. They will vouch for it on Wednesday night. He's too tall out in space. He will not be able to catch the Cole. Cole Beasley was the guy who this coach brought up. That guy will never catch Cole Beasley because he's too high up. It, it oh, seems strange to talk yeah. about the Buffalo Bills number four receiver, right. but that, no, no, that's no. like that. That's the way the NFL feels about it. So he's going to be a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Off-ball linebacker is the least important position on your defense. Right. I know Lions fans will sternly disagree with that, uh, but <laughs> that that's just not um, unless you've got Bobby Wagner or Luke Keekley, It's not an impact position. Or Isaiah it's Simmons. Certainly not. It is certainly not an impact position in Patricia's defense. So he is a very good player. I don't think that he fits with what the Lions do. And again, the versatility thing. The the number one thing that he does is cover. Mm-hmm. 
the Lions clearly need a cover linebacker. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that's exactly where I was going. I mean, we just get destroyed by tight ends, and we have and, for, and, it seems like, a decade. And, and somebody asked me the question. I forget who it was on Twitter. But they said, you know, if you're grading him just as a linebacker, who would he be the best in this class? Hell, yeah, he would. He's, he's the best linebacker in this class. There's there's zero doubt in my mind about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there, there's the butt. Everything in front his, of the butt is bull. His, his biggest calling card is his ability to cover tight ends, running backs, um, you know, play that sort of hybrid safety, safety linebacker role, uh, overhang safety, if you will. That's not a that's not a role that's an impact position in most defenses. It can be in 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 a Romeo Cornell based defense that Patricia runs. If you watched um, Honey Badger, that that's what he does. And and he Simmons himself compared himself to to when he when he brought up players that he modeled his game after. Tyron Matthew was the first name out of his mouth. And again, he's he is eight inches taller and forty five pounds heavier <laughs> than Matthew. <laughs> uh, but yeah. but 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 also faster, um, and and also more ag- more agile and more explosive in in terms of testing drills. Yeah. Uh, I I'm worried that a team is going to get him and try to make him be that jack of all trades and not let him focus on any one thing. And he's going to be one of those guys who makes two or three splash plays a game. And then the rest of the time he's running around like looking. Um, and and I, I worry about that. I, I don't think that the lions value him that highly. I, I, I don't think he's in the conversation for three at all in part. And this is another sticking point. The Lions really like their linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. They really do. I, I know fans don't agree with it, and I don't agree with it either. They like, they really like Tavai, and I can see why. Mm-hmm. They gave Christian Jones an extension. It's not a big one, but it was enough to, that, okay, he's going to be here. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they still talk up Jared Davis behind the scenes a lot. They still see something there. They like Devon Kennard, and I, I, by the way, I happen to like Devon Kennard a lot. Right, right. And, and that is probably in the Lions defense, the position that Simmons would most play. Are you going to get rid of Devon Kennard? Well, there might be a market for him. And if, if you make that move, then, then you certainly could use Simmons. But I, I just don't see them making that position a priority, nor do I see the rest of the NFL making that position a priority. I think, having said all that, I think he's going to go – either fifth or sixth in this draft. It might not be one of the teams that's drafting there right now, but he, mm-hmm. he's going to be very highly coveted. Uh, I will never be that high on him. I think he's going to be a very good player, but I, I don't see the positional value there. I, there, there are many other guys that I would take um, if I was any team. Uh, he, he would not be a top 10 pick for me. Sure, sure. All but right. Again, I know there's a lot of people that disagree with that, but that's, that's my unpopular opinion. So there you go. More you know, Jeff Riston. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how Simmons turns out. But, yeah, I don't see him going at three. I just don't see him winding up where we're at. Let's get to this last position because this is one that's particularly interesting. We've talked a lot about it. And uh, I'll start out. It's about uh, the defensive backs. They were out. And <laughs> this is the I, <laughs> a defensive Sweet. back day. I was busy like crazy, but I had a chance. Pulled out my phone, started watching the stream, and literally – Within there was two run, two drills and then Okuda comes up and he comes and he hits the ground hard and he he taps out. I'm like I'm turning it off. 
I am not going to take a chance with my my jinx here to get a possible Lions draft pick messed up at the combine. <laughs> what the heck? Happened? I mean, literally in three minutes of watching it, I saw the guy that I have as one of the top two on my board for the Lions just totally go down and get hurt. I was just like, no, <laughs> if I don't watch, it doesn't happen. Let's talk about these backs. I think he so Okuda came out okay, and we're still high on him, right? Tell me what to think, Riz. <laughs> He's the second best player in this draft after Chase Young. I agree. And he is so far ahead of any other cornerback in this draft that it makes it worth it. He will probably – I'm not done grading it. He will probably be the only cornerback I would take in the first round. But didn't they say after his interview that he's just stupid? He's as dumb as a brick. Isn't that what they said? I have not heard that, Chris. I know. How dare you blaspheme? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the word is it was the opposite, right? He was awesome. He was absolutely awesome. He's another one. He clearly (laughs) went to class. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My my line that I've said on him for, for, for months now is very true. He is a much better player than Denzel Ward, who went number four overall to the Browns and made the Pro Bowl as a rookie and was really good. Okuda is so much better than him. <laughs> he he might be the best cornerback prospect I've seen. Why ever? Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I, I love him too. I love him too. Um, <laughs> did you see how I, I, smooth I've, I've been his hips were since two thousand four professionally? He if he's not one, he's one A. Yeah, yeah, he's he looks he looks absolutely fabulous. And in that same vein, you got someone like Darius Slay tweeting, maybe it's time to find out what kind of job I can get with this college degree, right? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. At least Akuda went to class. <laughs> but no, I still, I still love you, Darius. I love him. I love him to death. I want to be. Too, I want to live. So Okuda, if he goes at three, I would absolutely absolutely have no problem with that at all. None yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 kind of where I'm at, and it's the, like we we talked about it in a, a previous show. The worst thing that could happen to me is that it comes to number three, we're sitting there, and Chase Young drops to us. Not because I don't want Chase Young, right? Because he, you right. have to take, you have to take Chase Young right. if he's there. That's that's it. But I love me some Okuda, and I think yeah. he really stabilizes a team in a position that needs it for the long, for a long time on a rookie cornerback, have a lockdown number one and across from Slay, right? With Slay, with a year of, of, of instruction from Slay as well. I just right. think this is like an ideal circumstance, and, and, and I feel and like way, it's I, passing on Aaron Donald when you've got Sue and Fairley about to leave, and you're not thinking about that. That's just kind of where my head's at with Okuda. Yeah. Um, by the way, I do think that Slay would embrace having Jeff Okuda across from him. I do too. It's going to make him look better. It, exactly, and it's it's going to he it's Slay's in the guy is is in a I have to perform year, right? Yeah, he's he's, he's absolutely gonna, he is going to be on the wrong side of thirty. He's he had a down year last year. He's got an opportunity now to be a. Uh, a king in the locker room as a mentor and show all the stuff that he brings to a locker room as a now veteran kind of player. Right. And he needs to build exactly. that rep for that. And then he needs to go out and prove that he hasn't lost a step and that he still has it on the field. This should be an amazing year for Darius Slay. I think this is going to be right. one of the best years we get out of him and having him there to help Okuda in the same way. This only bodes absolutely wonderfully for the lions, because as we've talked about, with this Patricia defense, the corners are the key position that everything else is based around. And to have those two guys out there, 
it makes up for a whole lot of the holes that we have is including some of that defensive line stuff we got going on right now. Absolutely. I, I, I'm with you on that. And I, I'm with you on, on your thoughts on Darius there too. Well said. No, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, we're fanatics about it, and you should be too. Go get ready. Get your jerseys. You want your Lions jerseys. You want your Red Wings sweaters. You need your basketball hoops. Coming up to, to baseball time here, right? we got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, you can get all that kind of great stuff. Memorabilia, jerseys, shirts. You can get the underwear, the socks, the bikinis, the whole thing. And uh, all you got to do is go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. They give us a kickback when you go there. Take a little money out of their pocket, put in your best friends of the podcast, and help us keep the show rolling. Uh, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Anytime you get your uh, your gear, head on over that way. It'll take you right to the site and uh, help the podcast out by doing something you were going to do anyway, right? That's the line. All right, let's talk about it really quick now. Uh, a couple things here, Riz. Who are the Lions high on? When we walk out of there, who are the guys that you think that they have actually got little red circles around their names? I think Okuda is certainly one of them. Denzel Mims, we talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I I think they like Zach Bon, the linebacker from Wisconsin, who is going to be an off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Uh, he's he's essentially Joe Schobert 2.0, mm-hmm. which is interesting because uh, the other team that the Browns have said, "Go away, Joe. We don't. We're not paying you 13 million dollars a year. <laughs> nor should the Lions, by the way." <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, he, he, he's an interesting one because he, he fits that profile. But he also has just enough T.J. Watt to his game that, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can kind of see him being, I don't know, he, he's an interesting one. He, he killed it in interviews. Uh, every, everything that I heard about that was, was very positive. Uh, I know that Lions fans are not going to like this, but they like Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton. They do not need a tight end. Everybody dude, loves Troutman. Everybody loves yes. him. Yes. He's, he's, he's got a like. He's got a, yeah, yeah, and he's got a great story, right? I mean, how, yes. how, can, you not, how can you not love him? And we him? went drinking with some of his teammates in, in Mobile. That yeah, that was, that was awesome. They were, they were good guys. They, <laughs> they were, were good guys. They were genuinely like, so what do you think of him, right? They were like, what yeah. do you think? They were like interested. They were cool, cool guys, man. Love, yeah, good, they were good cool. Friends. They had good hair, too. They oh, must have good God, colors. they did. They really, yeah. ooh, the hair jeans in, in, in Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else. Um, so... I heard this through another Detroit media member that, and and I happen to like this guy a lot. So that's, that's why I remember it. Um, Noah Igbinajean, the cornerback from Auburn. He's a greenhorn. He's only been a cornerback for two, like two or three seasons. He's another very good athlete. There's a lot of upside with him. And he's a guy uh, that I could see if, if he's there in the second round and they have addressed their pass rush needs in the first round, I can absolutely see them taking him in the second round. That makes he sense. will be my number two corner. Uh, I, I've caught up on some of the tape of him. He's really good. Interesting. <laughs> he's, Interesting. He's he he he's like he's like a jaguar, you know, just like like stealthy, but mm-hmm. then pounces. Like, yeah. like he's not in the screen, and then all of a sudden, oh my god, he's there. Let's kill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. Biting okay, biting I- the poor tapir on the neck. You know that I I, I can absolutely. I can see him being of significant interest. Defensive line wise, film there. Go ahead. They need defensive linemen. I yep. think they're going to be looking at some defensive. I think they're going to be looking at some free agents. Um, probably not necessarily top tier guys. DJ Reader is a guy that if the Texans let him go, and I don't know how they're going to be able to afford him to keep him, he is absolutely a priority because he's played the Deshaun Hand position in their defense and done it very well. Interesting. Okay. So, so he's one. Um, I don't think they're in on Clowney, 
uh, as far as free agents. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, his news sort of broke today as we're recording this. It's Monday. Uh, that, that he's not going to play for the Jaguars again. They are going to franchise tag. They are they're doing that with the intent that the Texans did a year ago of of tagging him to trade him. He's an interesting one. And and if if the Lions are trading Darius Slay, straight up trade for Ngakwe doesn't quite mesh, mm-hmm. but it's not that far off. And that would be an interesting one because uh, the Jaguars are in serious cap hell. They have to cut A.J. Bouye, who should be in Detroit, should be a priority for Detroit at cornerback mm-hmm. because they can't afford to pay all these people. They're, they're cutting Marcel Darius, who is is Derek Brown, you know, what, eight years later? I think he was the number three pick in the 11 draft or 12 draft. Right. Um, and, by the way, has not been near worth that, even though he's been a good player. Huh. Um, and that is not lost on the Lions either, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody? So yeah, so so I think I think that's that you're looking at that. Um, I've heard that they are they're going to be in on Chris Harris. I've heard they're going to be in on Ronald Darby in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, they will be looking at at uh, possibly upgrading the backup quarterback position. That is not an indictment of Blau, but I think that they are interested in seeing what other options are out there. And Jeff Crystal is not one of them. Yeah, you, you have to. You always have to keep you know, yeah. That's good. Uh, I, I, I don't think policy. it will come via the draft, though. I think it would be a veteran. Okay, interesting. All right. All right, uh, last one. Uh, I want to hit you up really quick. What about in, any rumors, innuendo, slander, uh, or, 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 or your favorite story from uh, Indy this year? trying to think what my favorite story. So I didn't, you know, again, because the workouts were at night, like the NFL guys weren't out that much. Mm-hmm. They, they were either hitting it hard during the day. So, so one thing that happens normally we're all at the JW Marriott, which is like the kind of the host hotel. It, it's a nice classy joint. There's a, there's a bar in there called high velocity. And that is where the NFL kind of any hang out. Is that where the one that's all glass, like all kinds yeah. of glass? Okay. Yeah. yeah I stayed there. Well, yeah. It's a nice hotel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very nice. Um, but this year everybody moved to like, the, the the more downtown upscale area, which is like, um, well, everybody goes to St. Almost. I went to St. Almost this year twice, actually. I only ate there once, but uh, that was fun. Uh, the Jerry Jones bus was parked out there. But everybody moved to Prime 47, which is a very upscale steakhouse with ridiculously overpriced appetizers, um, which I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> um, $37 for, for like four bang bang shrimp. Come on. Wow, that is ridiculously yeah. overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, PFF Mike Renner, for for helping him out with that. <laughs> good dude. He's the one who was on the Bachelor. He's a good dude. Uh-huh. Um, but but everybody wound up there. So there was one night, and I was not there, but I got a text from from a friend uh, at about one forty five in the morning. He's like, "Oh man, Patricia just walked in here," and he was all excited about it. Um, he's, he's a Lions fan, even though he does work for another NFL team. <laughs> um, that that sort of thing that I don't think people appreciate. A lot of these guys who work for teams, like grew up fans of other teams, would would love to you know be parts of other teams. Right. And we we know this from from Jim Nagy, senior bowl director. He's a Lions fan, huge Lions fan. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a great guy he is truly of that michigan dna you know what i mean yeah, he's, he's he just is, a genuinely yes. um, good I, I did not jim was there i didn't i didn't cross paths with him there um one of the one of the things um of interest and why he why this person was so excited was because uh patricia was there eating with mike vrabel that was their table 
<laughs> I've got I, <laughs> so I've, he knew he knew my story that I, I wanted Vrabel. You all know that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. Mike Vrabel to be the coach of the Lions. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Didn't mm-hmm. happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. doing a very good job with the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Um so so that that was of interest to me. Um and it, the the Patriot X's really do only hang out with the Patriot X's there. So like, like the Falcons, Titans, Texans and Lions guys, um, that that's predominantly who the ex Lions people or ex Patriots people are. The Patriots people are they're nowhere to be seen. Uh, right. I, in fact, I don't even think Belichick was there. I think the rumor was that he flew out Wednesday afternoon to go to watch some dude at Middle Tennessee work out. I don't wow. know that, but right, right, right. That's <laughs> nuts. That's nuts. But it, it, it's very interesting. Um, just just from a a. An interviewing standpoint, uh, I know that they that the Lions had Corey Unlin was very involved in the interviewing of players, okay. and that's not something that Paul Pasqualoni was. Paul Pasqualoni was like with the guy sitting in the corner watching the interview, right. where Unlin is like actively involved in the interview. So that that was one thing that I took away from it. Um, as far as like great stories, I mean, we didn't really see anything crazy. It was so cold. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rough. Um, oh, one, one thing from one thing from the tweet up. Um, I went to the Peter King tweet up at Sun King Brewery. I'll give them a free plug because their beer is really good. He had a panel there of several guys, uh, media guys. Uh, my, my USA Today colleague Doug Farrar being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug's a, Doug's a really good dude, by the way. I, first time I'd ever met him in person, and I, I had a really good time hanging out with him. They asked what team was poised the most to fall. And four of the six panelists said the Chicago Bears. Ooh, well, <laughs> like, at least it's not they're, a They're not fall. that good to begin with. <laughs> um, I, I can't stress to you how big of a joke Trubisky is to media people. Wow. Like, not, 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 not Detroit people and not, not even Chicago people, but like national. They're like, the Bears are Andy Dalton away from being and Super Bowl contenders. And there's a lot of chatter that they will get Andy Dalton. Um, yeah, I've heard that. And and are and are actually willing to pay, I think he's due $17.8 million this year. Like if, if that's what it takes to get him, they, they might actually do that. that. That was one of the hot rumors is that Andy Dalton will be the starting quarterback if if their if their GM is man enough to fall on his own sword and admit that he made a mistake. How do you how does their salary cap work with that? I don't know because they they just paid Eddie Jackson. They got they got other mouths to feed. Yeah. Oh my God. There. That. That's. I hope they do it. I hope they do it because they will be. That's like the. That's like the curse of the century right there. They will be. It will take them forever to dig out of that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so there 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 wasn't as much free agent chatter this year because everybody was focused on the CBA, right. including the agents. I don't think the agents have a really good grasp of where that's going. So it's been tough for them to negotiate because if the CBA is going up, all the agents are going to be like, "Oh, I'll only take a one-year deal." You know, you you right. want to get in next year after they're they're sure what that split will be and that cap's going up. So right. don't sign a long-term deal. Right. That's a problem for Darius Slay, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why the Lions are probably really smart to let him play it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, look, if he if he's if he's spectacular, you can always franchise tag, franchise tag him again. 
right? Exactly. I mean, you, yeah. you could, if you needed two years out of them, you have them and that's that. And, you know, that's, that's the state of the, the union, right? It's, you hate to see right. that from a player's perspective, you want them to go out and get their best yeah. deal, but that's the way it is. But you're right for this year, he's got every motivation to be 125% of himself out there. And that's, that's how I want everybody to be. Right. Yes, absolutely. He's motivated and hungry to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's, he's damn good. And I still love him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, you know, you, you the, the, it rem- you reminded me, I have a new conspiracy theory that I've, that I've cooked up. I'll, I'll put it in the chat here. Uh, it has to do with the, the, the whole Patriots and lions and, and the whole thing. I had one before, but now I've got a new one. That's like 10 times as good. All complete conspiracy ooh, theory ooh, stuff, but I ooh. love, I love doing this kind of stuff. Okay. So we'll do it in the slack here afterwards with that. We're going to call this a show and a damn good one at that. Remember to use the show. We, we need your involvement. So uh, head on over to the subreddit. Give us your feedback. We love it when you do that. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. That's where, you know, you get in there. You donate at least a dollar a month. You can be in on the conspiracy theory chat and the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. I don't know if that goes together or not, but it's it, it works. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Instagram, Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Twitter cheese. Twitter machine at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see the Riz. With no pants. Damn straight. Give us a call. Skype Detroit Lions Podcast. It's all one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Or you can use a regular old phony at the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can pop up in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. 